Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm Frank Ravello. he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing tonight? It's, uh, it's uh, what night is it? Tuesday, it's Tuesday night. It's, uh, it's our night, right? Uh, Copa Italia stop? night, can right? We, can, can we stop with the fucking snow already? I mean, winter had their, I mean, we had, we had six last Tuesday. We got eight between Saturday and Sunday. You're supposed to get another three to five on Thursday. We and you guys, you guys too. got better, didn't you? You had your Nor'easter, huh? Not as bad as New York City, but yeah, we got some snow here. It's uh, enough to make us work a lot here. Uh, and if with, I, I work with maintenance and stuff. So yeah, it's been busy, um, but I don't mind it because this is our first snow, real snowfall in two years. You get them every two days, apparently. So you've got to find a happy medium between the two, right? Yeah, it's just like okay, winters achieved their quota. I guess that we, it's Groundhog Day today too, and 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 Punxsutawney Phil at least came out and said six more weeks of winter. Um, our Groundhog at the Milwaukee County Zoo, whatever it is that says it's going to be an early spring, that's what he did. If he's, is it if he sees a shadow, it's it's six more weeks of winter, or if it yes. he doesn't, okay, which doesn't so, make sense to me. It should you would think it'd be the opposite. If you see a shadow, he's you know. Anyway, and, and I think that the one in Milwaukee is Milwaukee Gordy or I can't Milwaukee Morty or Gordy. I, I saw it on the news today, and it wasn't it wasn't enough for me to to, to care about. Except for, I don't know. <laughs> that's donkeys. Remember? Oh right, okay? right, 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 and, right. And uh, it just wasn't enough for me to be be overly concerned about it, except for the fact that they think that it's going to be an early spring. So um, you know, it's what it is. But um, you know. Uh, you know, the groundhog's trying to predict the uh, weather. Uh, you know, everybody always gets excited about January because it's always the Mercato opens and they think about all of these signings and all of this other stuff. And guess what? As yeah. always, every January, and I have to keep saying this to everybody, nothing really happens. Okay? No, it really doesn't happen. No. I mean, they, we're going to go get this guy and that guy and this guy, and we're going to reinforce our squad and we're going to be ready and we're going to make a big, big run. And you know what? Nothing happened. Unless you were a Milan fan where you added Mandzukic, you added Tomori, and you added Maite. I mean, there really wasn't anything thing that you look at across the board that make that that wowed you and that's what january is unless you're going to get a veteran coming over and you're going to get him for next to nothing that has something to give i mean city yeah there's not much of a reputation richard for for big january deals unless they unless it's a bargain veteran player that comes in and gives the team a lift yeah, and like one of those guys that you mentioned is uh, Kevin Lasagna moving over yeah. to Hellas Verona from uh, Udinese. That was a nice pickup for them. But I mean, other than that, there were some some little moves here and there that were nice for the teams overall, but nothing, no, no big splashes like as you would say. I mean, the biggest splashes probably did come from Milan with Mandzukic, Miete, and um, Tamori. But uh, yeah, I mean, just most of the teams uh, getting rid of some dead weight. Uh, Arkady Oshmilik, anyone? Uh, and some other teams like that, they may get rid of some guys that they just didn't need me anymore so uh yeah it was a very very quiet mercato as you'd expect uh but it doesn't mean that the uh the fireworks didn't stop there it was a obviously there's plenty of action on the pitch uh whether it's uh copitalia or in the league so there's a lot of stuff going on yeah and i mean as far as the deadline day itself uh atalanta gets victor kovalenko from shakhtar donetsk uh if the fee is to be believed it's another one of those just uh total uh bargains uh, 770,000. Kovalenko's decent. I mean, he's not yeah. like the Shakhtar guys that have, uh, that have left the Ukraine, uh, you know, in the past, but yeah. 
somebody that could step in and be serviceable, another attacking midfielder that Atalanta is getting for a bargain and going to try to make something out of. And, you know, as we said, they're just going to go and buy cheap chance creators and hope they can do something. And that's, that's how they've built it. And, you know, that's how they'll continue to build it. So Kovalenko is in that mold. I don't rate him to the level of a Malinovsky or an even Alexei Maranchuk, but he might you never know. Pitch, might get the pitch time to prove me wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, talk about playmakers, you know, they lose obviously Papu Gomez. He goes over to Sevilla and as well as uh, uh, Diallo moves to uh, Manchester United, the young prospect who had a lot of uh, hype to him too as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. It's an okay market for Atalanta and some of the teams, you know, just like you said, they they had some smaller moves. Uh, I know Mandragora went to, uh, well, some team, I forget who it was, um, but he, he is no longer uh, at Bologna. So, I mean, there's small moves like that. So, um, We, uh, let's see here. Yashua uh, Zirkte coming over from Bundesliga to join Parma. Um, you know, he was uh, shining uh, Robert Lewandowski's shoes, and now uh, <laughs> he might get a little bit more of a run out. Yeah. Parma need all the help they can get, so why not? Um, yeah. You know, the handful of times that I saw him while Bundesliga was the only game in town seems serviceable. Um, yeah. But you're, if you're a nine in that team with everybody, with the players you get behind you, you're going to look serviceable. Let You know, yeah. Let's see what he does with what Parma has. Um, you know, he's, he young can, too. he's young too. So, I mean, you got to develop him right, I think. Sure. Um, but let's circle back to Atalanta because Alex Dono asked me this question on Friday on his radio show. Is Atalanta going to miss Papu Gomez? I, I want to hear your answer before I give you mine. Um, the, the town of Bergamo is going to miss Papu Gomez. He's meant so much to this club for the, the, the history. He's going to go down as one of the, one of the legends of the club. Um, but are they going to miss Papu Gomez, the playmaker? No. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he was MVP season last year. He's great. Uh, but Atalanta, much like Hellas, they did plug and play. They put someone else in, they take over, and then they, they yeah. do well. And Illichich is still there. Illichich is obviously looks like he's back to form that he was last season. So they're not going to miss him, I don't think. And obviously you have two potent goal, goal scorers like Muriel and, and Zapata. Um, as much as like I like Papu Gomez, and I think Bergamo fans love him, uh, the team's not going to miss him. They're, just gonna, they're not going to skip a beat and they keep going. They need help defensively is what they need. Michael Lisi, David Gracio. Ciao, gentlemen. Good to have you in the chat. Uh, hope all is well with you guys. Yeah. Um, I said along the lines of what you said. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think that Atalanta as a club are going to miss him. Yeah. Um, I think you know the fans are going to miss him. We're going to miss him being in yeah. Serie A. Absolutely. Um, I find the transfer to Sevilla to be a, a, a curious one because how many playmakers does Sevilla need and where do you fit him in with everybody that they've got? I mean, Ever Benega is in there. Um, you know, Vasquez, when he gets his opportunities, plays and he's in there. Um, they've got Inesri, Ocampos. Uh, they've got boatloads of guys here. So I, it'll be curious to see for those that watch the Spanish game, how Sevilla make use of Papu. Uh, you know, in that team, I I felt that one of the destinations uh, for Papu, one of the possible destinations was Spain. Yeah. Um, yeah. That made the most sense. That uh, was, a you know, very similar and along the vein. I said it here, said it on Alex's radio pro program. I said, don't rule Spain out as a destination for Papu Gomez because you could, you know, a club could look at this as, you know, what David Silva has been, had been for Real Sociedad for, for much of the season. 
and I looked at the standings lately in La Liga of what when at lim- what limited opportunities I do. I see Sociedad has tapered off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, this could be that boost for Sevilla, you know, if they can figure out how to use them properly. So yeah. but I, I I'm with you. I don't think that this is something that Atalanta as a team will miss. I think that they have a system. They'll move right along. And at some point you have to do what every other club has done in this situation. There's no player that's ever going to be bigger than the club. Um, You know, and Atalanta has to approach that mentality and that's what they did. They moved on from them and, and they've got the players that are going to, that are going to be in their place. Um, Alexi Maranchuk, which we'll talk about that Atalanta Lazio game. He was poor in that game. I think he's the classic case of a guy that is, you know, coming over from another league and just needs a season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys that come to Serie A, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, um, absolutely. The absolutely. adaptation, learning the language, adapting to the culture. Adapting it's a more technical to- league than, than any yep. other league. You know, so. And very much a more tactical league, too. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more to learn. Some guys can just come in and get it, like Romelu Lukaku. And then there's some guys that it just takes them some time. And I'm not ready to name anybody – it's hard to name anybody a flop after their first season. I mean, Aiden Jekyll struggled in his first season at Roma, and then he was chasing down a Cabo Cagnetti in his second year. Yeah. So there's an adaptation period with coming to Italy, and I think that that's where it's at with Miranchuk. That's what I'll expect out of Kovalenko. Um, you know, and then some of these other guys. I think Derek is a talent, but I think it's going to take him some time to find some footing before he really, really takes off with Parma. Let me ask you about two teams um, who had better than average uh, Mercatos because not many did, right? Milan obviously had the best, I would think. Um, and Hella said okay with getting lasagna. Most teams just did blah. But two teams, I think, who had pretty decent, um, you know, better than average, I would say Roma. They got El Sharawi back and they got Brian Reynolds, the American. Uh, and then also Sampdoria picking up Torre Grosso, uh, the former striker um, from Brescia. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on those two moves? Um, obviously, Sampdoria need the help, but... Curious what your thoughts are on them. Um, yeah. Now, Sampdoria. Uh, let's start. I'll start with Roma. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Brian Reynolds is going to be able to do. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a right back. He's a young talent. Um, he's American. Yep. <laughs> he's American. So obviously, I have a lot of interest in how he plays. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, he comes into a situation that those positions I think are still there for the taking. Um, Karsdorp has been good. Spinazzola has been good. They haven't been great. Uh, Bruno Perez, when he deputizes, has been reasonable. Uh, Calafiori is a young talent. Um, so there's every reason in the world to believe that Reynolds can come in, uh, and, and do something here. El Sharawi, I think that's a situation where he definitely had to come home. Um, you see, you know, because he's still 28. You know, and he probably still feels like he can be in the national team. Yeah. And yeah. if he wants to get into that, into Mancini's head and, and get into his thoughts and plans, you know, you're not going to do it playing for Shenhua in China. Okay. Yeah. Not when you have all of these attack oriented players playing at the top of their game right now here in Italy, when you've got a Lorenzo Insigne, when you've got. Um, you know, Chiesa is really starting to round into form for Juventus. I still don't think he's a great fit for the national team, you know, and and, and guys that are going to be in the spots that Stefan El Sharawi needs to play. He needed to come home. Now you come to Roma and he is going to be in a dogfight for playing time with a lot of these guys. Uh, Carlos Perez has not impressed yet. 
Nope. So that's one guy that he could certainly work his way past. And Mkhitaryan's been outstanding. He's been in our team of the half season. Yeah. Um, you know, Pedro has been in and out. You know, Pellegrini's a you know more of a midfield playmaker that just plays a little further forward. He's not, you know, in the winger role that you would see from an El Sharawi. So there's an opportunity for him to carve out playing time. Um, you know, so we'll just have to see what happens. I think Roma adds some depth. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen them get a little deeper defensively so that they don't run into a spot where they had to deputize Cristante uh, at center back. I think that that's where they might've slipped up yeah. now. Tore Grossa coming over uh, from Brescia. Now this is good. I, I you know, if Tore Grossa was going to further his career and he's 28, yeah. his best bet was going to be to go to a mid tier club like Sampdoria where he can make an impact. I mean, yeah. Fabio Quadrella is not going to play forever. Um, you know, so they're aging there. Um, and then to Gracia's point, circling back to El Sharawi, that's not forget Zaniolo's coming back too. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of club and national team, you know, another guy that he has to try to, Very uh, you know, try to compete with, compete with. So, but I think that Tony Grossa can carve something out here. Now they've got guys like Gabi, you know, it's Quagliarella, Gabiadini's getting up there now too. Um, and I think that this is a decent landing area. He comes into a team that, can tactically be set up to pump in crosses when you talk about Antonio Candreva, when you talk about what Algelo has meant, uh, you know, to Sampdoria so far and what he can do going forward. Um, Jakob Yankto, uh, good cross for the ball in his left yeah. foot. And Toro Grossa can be a very nice box target yeah. uh, for those kind of services. And then you have a guy like Kate Balde who can run off of him too. So I think that that's a reasonable get yeah. uh, for Sampdoria. I think overall, uh, it'll probably take a couple of weeks to get into the lineup just to, uh, you know, learn learn the patterns of the team and everything like that. But I think, you know, having him and maybe like a Keita Baldi up top is probably really good, especially with the with the midfield talent they have around them yeah. and some of that the wingers uh, on the sides. Yeah, it, it could be what they need. Uh, they need a, a consistent goal scorer, like you said. Qualiarella is not the same guy from before. He can still get those magnificent goals, but you know, it's still few and far between. And you need someone more consistent, especially if you want to. Uh, get further and further away from that relegation zone, and make sure you're you're firmly in that mid, mid, midfield, you know, position, and and try to push forward. Um, I think uh, Toro Grosso found a, a a nice spot. I think, like you, I agree with you about the find a mid, mid table team that could really give them pitch time, which is the most important. I think instead of just rotting on the bench when you got that kind of talent. So um, yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to see that. And then also the Roma. Um, I think uh, El Sharawi is a good depth player. I think more than anything, he'll be coming off the bench because that midfield is, is pretty good. Um, and some of the positions that he more would likely play is, is filled by a person who probably has that position a little bit more on, on hold at the moment. But anything can happen. And maybe they turn into a uh, two attacking formation system with him and, and uh, Mayoral or something. So yeah, it's, it'll be yeah. interesting. I'm curious to see. Roma's been hot this yeah. season. So Yeah, they're, uh, they're, still, they're still a thing here, which... They they feel to me like the one team in the top four that's probably the weakest of the four still. Uh, you know when you look at them. Um, but they had an impressive win this weekend though. What's that? They had an oh, impressive yeah. win this weekend though. Yeah, for sure. Here against Verona, but it was I a agree big, with you. Yeah. Big opportunity for Verona. Um, but you know that's uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's they found Roma found a way to get it done where I get concerned with Roma is they not, they're not getting it done against the traditional big six, uh, you know, the teams around them, you know, they, they don't have a win against any of those teams yet. Um, and if you're going to try to compete for top four, sustain that, you know, and let's face it, I mean, 20 games in, they're only six points out of first, they're in this thing, you know, but if you're going to 
kick on and make that next step forward, you got to beat an Inter, you got to beat a Milan, a Juve, a, you know, a Napoli, a Lazio, and Atalanta. They haven't beaten any of those guys yet this season. They're very much in the trage- they're very much in the trajectory. Yeah, you know, That's we can cool. talk about this here when we batch the games, but of a of, of where they're, they're they're like what Lazio was last year. Lazio yeah. beat everybody they were supposed to beat. Yeah, on their way to finishing. And that's top so four. important to being an right. upper echelon team is to beat the team that you're supposed to beat. You know, and then yeah. then you can figure out the the top six teams if you you know to get that yeah, next. They level. didn't. They didn't drop silly points, and and right now you're not seeing Roma dropping silly points to bad Serie A teams. Yeah, you know, it's it's just their their trouble is trying to get results against the teams around them, and that's that's what's probably stunting their upside. Uh, at this point and what we're seeing what we kind of expected you've seen inter and juve starting to send now they're kind of got their feet under them um so roma you know they while they've been consistent they need to turn it up a level i think to keep up and if if not you know pass these guys so um they got some room to grow uh maybe they found their well we'll talk about this when we talk about roma but uh maybe maybe they found their new striker who's a little bit gives them a little bit more versatility up top you know we'll we'll see we'll see but he, he looked good I like how you brought up Inter and Juventus. You're trying to work on your segues, aren't you? Huh, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. A little bit. Uh, so it's uh, they took took part in the first leg of Coppa Italia today. And we don't spend a lot. Normally, don't spend a lot of time talking Coppa Italia here on no, Serie A. Sit down. But we'll give it some attention today because it was Derby d'Italia like one. Um, last time these guys hooked up, Inter completely outplayed Juventus on the way to a 2-0 win. This time around, a 2-1 win for the old lady. Um, and it started, the game started like you could take the previous game and put it into this game and not know the difference. Those first 10 to 15 minutes, you really couldn't, um, because it's exactly what was Juve's getting the ball. They're, they're getting the possession, they're holding it, all this other fun stuff. And it's inter that's going to just hit on the break. And that's exactly what they did. Classic counter attack, Nicola Barella to Latara Martinez to make it a goal to nil. Um, and uh, that set the tone, and you're sitting here thinking, okay, early goal, this has to play into Inter's hands because they're not the team that has to force the issue. They can they can be comfortable, sit and protect the 1-0 lead. It's Juve now that has to come out and try to get the away goal. Uh, so great start for Inter, right? Yeah, no, I thought I thought that's exactly what the kind of start they needed, um, and that would, you know, like you said, play right into their hands where they just sit back, Force you to come out of their shell a little bit, and then they counter like crazy and get some goals. Um, you know what we saw from Pirlo's men was a, a great game plan. I think they probably expected something like this, and they kind of adjusted very well. But uh, the start was excellent. You know, Larturo has been struggling as of late. He finally got a goal this past weekend, and then got a goal again. So it's good for him. And you know, you're thinking, okay, good things are coming for Inter Barella. Obviously, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's he's just a magician on the ball. Um, so yeah, it, was, it started out well, but uh, quickly it seemed like that Juve had a game plan that they were going to go with, and and it seemed to work. Um, you know, it wasn't the most the most prettiest of times, but um, it got the result, and that's what that's what's important for them. Yep. And then in the 26th minute, it all begins a penalty uh, that it needed to go to VAR uh, to be awarded, and in the end, they got it right. Ashley Young yeah. just clumsily bringing down Juan Cuadrado in the penalty area setting up Pinaldo to square the match at a goal apiece. Uh, and then just nine minutes later, calamity uh, is probably the best way you can describe it. Alessandro Bastoni, we put him in the team of this half season, put him in the squadra finora, and this is what he does. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. You sing the guy's praises and his agent saying his praises. And then what does this happen? He gets knocked off the wall easily by Ronaldo. Granted, it was a great play by Ronaldo uh, to read that. And then uh, what a, what a, what a finish by Ronaldo. I mean, just beautifully done right into the, off the post and in the goal. Um, What you expect from him. But uh, yeah, what what were they, what was Inter thinking at that point? What was Bastoni thinking? He had to have known Ronaldo's in the area. Why are you going to try to dick around with it? I don't know. Sure. Sure. And then the second half, it was a game that Inter certainly got a lot more of the ball, and 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 Juve went more into game management mode. I didn't see the, the second half for me. There wasn't a whole lot of fireworks. I think that Erickson came close when he came on, um, but nothing that nothing that jumped out. And it ends up being a two-one win for Juve. Now the Ronaldo fanboys are going to call him man of the match because he had a penalty and he got to jump on a bad Bastoni mistake. Um, I don't know if I go there. Uh, I thought the counter goal aside, the center back combination of Demerel and Delict was good. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and Gigi Buffon organized things really well. I mean, these are two guys that you don't often have play together. He's used to having his Bonucci and Chiellini. But I mean, really, when I look at Inter, that was the the, the goal that they scored at the beginning of the, in, the, in the ninth minute. Were there any other inter? Help me out here. I don't remember. There was any... a there was a play where uh, it was a mix up where I forget exactly how how it broke down, but it, it ended up coming to Alexis Sanchez with an empty net and uh, Demorel yes. okay. save made a nice save. But again, yeah. that's more about the defense. You know, Delict and and Demorel both playing really well. Um, you know, it, it was very Allegri esque in a sense, which I almost thought Allegri was on the on the sidelines there because you know you get the lead and up to this point they really hadn't been doing very well when they get the lead. Uh, especially against the bigger teams, but they, they look fairly comfortable for the most part. Inter had, you know, chances here and there, but um, Juve was really just, you know, managing the game, as you mentioned. Uh, the midfield really holding on to the ball as much as they they could. Uh, without you know, When they did give it away, they were compact, they were organized. Um, and then at the end, they brought in Chiellini just for assurance, taking off McKinney. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was, a, it was a very professional win by Juventus. Uh, and it for the, all those naysayers for Andrea Pirlo, uh, you got to take a step back now and be like, okay, maybe they do know what they're doing and maybe he knows what they're doing and uh, they have to be someone you have to take serious again. Uh, you know, there's still people who, like you, are still calling for Juve to win the title and this kind of gives you that glare, glimmer of hope that, yeah, I think maybe you're right um, with a performance like that. It gets uh, It's a tough opponent against Inter. I for sure thought, like you said at the beginning, Inter would run away and then uh, Juve just controlled the game and did enough to uh, to avoid another goal. So, well done yeah, by them. It- what, what do you make of Ronaldo's uh, behavior being subs being subbed out? I've got my take on it. I'll I I, I can't wait to hear yours. <laughs> um, you know, with guys like him and Mbappe and ne- Neymar, when they get subbed off, I'm I'm expecting antics. Um, I don't I don't really read too much into it because that's just what I expect from them. When you see guys who are like Ashley Young, Ashley Young threw a fit when he got subbed off. Like, dude, you sucked. Like, you know, you caused yeah. a penalty. Get the hell out. You you have no reason to complain. You know, if if, if if Ronaldo does, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of used. To, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ding him for it because I'm used to it for years and years. I've been just been accustomed to it. I don't know. What were your thoughts? You know what? I don't. I really don't get bothered by this as much as, and I saw people get go crazy on Twitter and uh, being a little baby and blah blah blah. And it's like he's done this for 20 years or whatever it is, you know. But I, I, in general, I don't get bothered by players behaving that way when they get subbed out. I mean, if anything, I'm actually, you know, I'm all right with it because 
that the, the, the man you're taking off is a competitor and wants to be out there. And David's saying he just wanted a hat trick. Maybe there's some yeah. truth to that. Sure. Yeah, totally. You're on, you're on a hat trick. Why not? Um, you know, some guys take it well. Some guys don't take it well. Some guys will have public displays of attitude. Um, Rohit, good morning. Um, and, uh, it's, I've never been bothered by it. I'd rather, I, I look at it like, Hey, this is just, you know, these are competitive you know, guys have their competitive juices flowing. A coach made a decision. The player doesn't like it. And the coach will even tell you Pirlo probably, I don't know what he said in his presser. He said, fine. You know, he wanted to stay out there and I want to see. Yeah. And I wanted to take him out. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So with a hell of and, and and you know they have a busy month ahead and they need to get rest. They got Champions League in front of them. They've got another leg to play in this competition. Yeah. You know the the Serie A fixtures are going to be coming thick and fast here before the season ends. So there's a lot going on. They got to make up the game with Napoli too. So yeah, I mean you take it's it's a few minutes, but I mean every minute counts. So I I rarely, if at all, look at that and say yeah you know I that offends me or any of this other stuff. Now no. I would not now the only th- what's what what could be slightly hypocritical of me here is that if my son was watching that you know I would be looking at my son and say don't don't behave like that yeah exactly. when a refer- when a coach decides that it's your y- your time is up and you've got to come off okay yeah. you know um you want to teach something you, you want to teach something different to your children but in in general me watching a game and understanding the competitive nature of sport and understanding that these guys are competitive in nature that that kind of behavior te- is is likely to happen and i'm yeah. not offended by it yeah and I was, I was like i said i was more taken back by what ashley young did than what ronaldo did i was like expecting you know. ronaldo to do it so yeah if you yeah. get pulled and if you get pulled and you sucked you've really got no right to complain yeah exactly um and you know it's it's a obviously a derby game it's a big game um Skriniar, i think got a yell on this game he misses the next game uh you know david's asking uh, what effect do you think hakimi and lukaku are going to make against uv i think they make a big difference i think you know, it definitely changes the dynamics it's huge it's a huge impact uh in favor of you or in favor of inter excuse me um and it's interesting because you know Juve won on the road uh it's always difficult to win a san Siro against you know inter or milan these days and uh you know Juve did it they show that they, they can they're they're, ba- they're they're still there they're not they haven't lost a step uh, and now they go back to the J and uh, see what uh, what can be done. But I, you you got to like Inter having guys like Hakimi and Lukaku in the lineup because uh, they make any lineup better. And, and the reason both, that they're, they're both in our top eleven, right? So and the reason why they're going to have an in, a big big impact on that game is for the very reason of what went down in the uh, in the league match. And we talked about this when we had uh, Alex and, and Jerry on. Yeah. Um, Lukaku is going to occupy one of those center backs, which is going to make it hard for that center back to get over and help um, the fullback that has to deal with Hakimi. So if it's Alexandro in all likelihood, he's going to be caught 1v1 with Hakimi very often. Now, Alexandro should have the experience to handle this a heck of a lot better than Frabotta did. That's what Juventus is going to have going for them here. But Lukaku occupies center backs and makes it tough for them to shift and, and 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 play in supporting roles of other defenders when they have to support defenders who are defending the ball. So, you know, so that's where that's where the dynamics change a little bit. And that's it's going to be interesting to see what Pirlo does differently with those two back in the mix for the second leg. 
I think uh, if I, if it was me, I would keep the licked and Demarell. Um, I would have the licked cover Lukaku. I think that's the most comparable matchup between the two center backs that you have. The licked is a gamer, uh, no no doubt about that. Lukaku is just a beast. Um, so I think you do that, and you have you know Demarell trying to help cover with with, with Sandro. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put Chiellini back on Lukaku. No, I thought Chiellini will just because Chiellini will be willing to mix it up with him. Sure, he will. That's true. No, that is that is true. But you know. Uh, Lukaku's pace is what th- scares me with with Chiellini, and I think the Lick has a little bit more pace than than Chiellini does. Um, not to say Chiellini wouldn't wouldn't do well in the game, and maybe you have a mix of three center backs. I mean, maybe you change it up and go three center backs and a couple of wingers that we get extra help back there for Hakimi, because yeah. uh, you know it's going to be difficult, you know, trying to cover him one on one. We know that no nobody can, nobody's done it so far. So, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, and uh, maybe uh, m- maybe young Chiesa has an impact for Juventus as well. He's you know he seemed to fit very well with Morata back there up there and. Um, and, and Ronaldo. So you never know. It's going to be fun and fun game, fun second leg. Yeah. I mean, and we also talked about that in the first game. I think Chiesa got nullified by Vidal in the league match. Um, yeah. You know, where Chiesa, but interestingly, and we'll talk about the game against Sampdoria, they moved Chiesa around a bunch in that game, but uh, you know, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, entering Juventus, I mean, what's fascinating about these teams is that there's matchups all over the, all, all over the place where yeah. it can really be, it can really be chess. So, um, so, uh, you know, being a Milan, God, I mean, we all despise Benucci. So, yeah. um, I, I think Benucci's just angry cause he's not out there. When he, there does this, out- when he does this, he means I can't shut up. I can't shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and, uh, that, and I think he was also just jealous cause there were actually better defenders out there for Juve than him. So yeah, that's, yeah. uh, it's, it's what it is. So, all right. Um, also, Richard, uh, let's talk about the game that was the highlight of Match Week 20, and then we'll get into Match Week 20 as a whole. Atalanta and Lazio. Um, I got too many leagues open up here. Close this. <laughs> How does this happen? Um, How are you, Frank? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, well, this is January. Where the hell am I? Uh, um, week 20. January 31st. Here we are. Okay. Atalanta and Lazio uh, taking place in, in Bergamo. Um, a, a change, some changes by Gasparini. Uh, the wingbacks, tuna wingbacks, uh, Mela, who they brought over, uh, yeah. from Bruges, um, so. or Genk was one of those. It was a Belgian, I think it was, Genk. I think it was Genk. Okay, and then Matteo Ruggieri, a young, uh, you know, left wing back, and then uh, Ilicic got the start with Miranchuk behind Zapata. Um, and then you had Lazio going with their traditional, uh, you know, lineup, if you will, of three, five, two, Patrick got the start on that right-hand side. Uh, you had Lazzari and Marusic, uh, in the wingback positions. You had your tr- traditional three-man midfield that they play of Alberto, Leva, and Sergei. And then you had Correa and, 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 uh, Chiro up front. Um, and the tone got set very early in this game, Richard, with, uh, what I'm, uh, la- what I will, would say is the goal of the week with all due respect to Jibota, um, Adam Marusic with that beautiful curler in the second minute. And I think that that, that goal, Richard, for me, set the tone for how this game was going to play out. Yeah. I, I mean, we knew there would be goals in this game, but we didn't know it was going to be that early. We probably thought Atalanta would have scored early and then, you know, lots of maybe going to counter at some point, but, uh, that Marusic goal, great goal. Uh, really set the pace there, and uh, it put Atalanta at their heels. And I think what we saw the game plan for Lazio is something that not many teams do, and they should do more. Michael Lisi pointed this out uh, 
during the game. I remember watching this on his tweets, you know, and he's and he's saying how like Lazio were attacking Atalanta. Not many teams do that. They want to hold the ball, um, and they kept attacking them, and that seemed to work. And it worked from the beginning. They kept at it, uh, really kept Atalanta on their heels, and uh, that seems to be the formula to to do well against them, right? Because uh, that definitely well, set the tone of the game. I'm, I'm I don't know if I totally. I mean, I get I, I get where Michael's coming from, but I don't know if I totally agree with it. Um, I think Lazio scored right two minutes into the game, and and then as the game went on, they let Atalanta have the ball, um, you know. But they didn't they didn't shit house, you know, as, yeah. you know, like like a like a Genoa would. Okay, yeah. they when when they got the ball, they were going to make quality use of it, and they were going to carve out good chances, and that's what they did in this first half. In the first half, they only had forty one percent possession. But they outshot Atalanta seven to two. What do we talk yeah. about? You know, we when we previewed, you know, when when Lazio drew Bayern in the Champions League, we said, you know, they're going to have this. They're going to play a team that's very high possession, and then when they counter, they're going to have to be clinical. And what they were against Atalanta were clinical. They took yeah. their opportunities and they finished them. I thought what what I found interesting with Lazio with the game plan from Simone Inzaghi, and and he just outmanaged Giampiero Gasparini in this game, and Gasparini. I think very aggravated after the game had some interesting things to say and threw some shade at Lazio post game that wasn't warranted. You know, it's like, dude, you got your ass kicked. Just take it like a man and and move on to the next game. Um, but where I, you know, what I was watching, what I found, they Lazio when when Ilicic got the ball, they overloaded on that side and gave him nothing. And that's why they only got two shots the and entire you have first half. To, and you have to, because he's so good. You know, where they where they almost dared Atalanta to say, "Hey, you're going to have to have Miranchik pull the strings here, not not Ilicic. We want to see what this guy can do. Um, we're not getting beaten by Ilicic today." Um, and that's what they did. And it seems like they they overloaded, they crowded. There was hardly any space to 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 work through. And I think that they could get away with that because you're not, you know, you look at Mela and Ruggeri, they're not Hatibor and Gozins. Yeah. They're not going to scare you. Lazio didn't have to defend the flanks in this game. They just overloaded and flooded wherever Ilicic was. I mean, so much to the point where Gasparini had to yank him at halftime because it's like, look, yeah, <laughs> you're not getting anything. And it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not getting anything. I can't, I, there's no room, there's no room for you to play. So there's no point in having you out here. Yeah, and I think that trio in the middle for Lazio were doing so well. You know, Leva, SMS, and Luis Alberto, uh, both defensively and offensively, they just uh, they were really running right. I thought in this game, and um, the passing between those those gentlemen were were just something to behold. And you know, like I said, you frustrate a team and a, and a player like Ilicic and Atalanta. Uh, it leaves you thinking, like, how can we how can we beat you? And you know, they keep trying different ways, but Lazio were were clinical. Uh, Pepe Reina, I thought, had a ver- another good game. He's had a number of successive games in a row that has been really playing really well. Uh, so yeah, it just Lazio, what five games now? Uh, five game winning streak or something? They're they're flying at the moment, and, yeah. and good for them because they look like they're struggling for a bit. And now they they turned it back up now, and so uh, yeah, they're making the top eight interesting for sure. Um, Josip Bilicic lost the ball twenty two times in this game. It should tell you what Lazio's plan was. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so and that's not a number that you normally see with Josip Bilicic. That's a number I got used to seeing with Suzo. That was like a floor <laughs> yeah. for possession loss when he was playing for Milan. That's not what you see with, with a Josip Bilicic. Um, you know, so, uh, one nil at halftime, 
And then uh, we get on to the second half, and it was uh, – excuse me. No, Illich didn't come out till the 67th minute. Forgive me. Um, it, it was Lammers who went in for him. It was Ruggieri who came off for Malinowski, um, which now you're just throwing – now there's just a whole bunch of confusion with the team shape because who's the right wing back now or the left yeah. wing back? Um, you know, are you playing four in the back? What are we doing here? Um, so I think it almost – compounded the problem by playing Melanovsky and adding him into that midfield that was already having trouble navigating. Lucas Leva was outstanding in this game. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the 51st minute, Atalanta getting caught a, a little too high on a long ball coming out of the back. Uh, Chiro heads it perfectly in behind him, and Correa is perfectly timed run onside, 1v1 with Galini, no chance for Galini, and he puts it away 2-0 to Lazio. And at this point, Lazio just say, here you go, Atalanta, you have the ball. We're gonna we're gonna sit back. If you can get two, if you can get three, good for you. But uh, this is how we're gonna play the rest of the game. Uh, try to get around us. Yeah, no, that was a great play. Pepperino with a long kick out. Immobile wonderfully flicked to, to Correa running on that breakaway. And I thought he messed that up because he it was a little little too heavy that touch around um around Golini. But he just got the end of it and just squeaked it by past the post. Uh, nice goal, nice play overall. Um, yeah, Lazio just uh, again. Uh, taking advantage of the opportunities they get, being clinical, and they have to, they've been like that for the last five games now, and they need to continue that, especially if they want to uh, keep progressing up in the, in not only the league table, but also give Byron a scare. Uh, nice goal overall. Like, I love seeing Correa score. He just celebrates so much, so well. Um, and they need, a, they need a secondary striker outside of Immobile. Immobile is going to get his goals, but they need someone to help him out. Um, and, and, you know, SMS and Luis Alberto will get theirs every now and then, but they need another striker scoring, I think. And right. uh, good for them to to get Correa to get on the, on the sheet. Right. Um, so they bring on a bunch of reinforcements here, Richard, uh, obviously, after that second goal. Pasolic comes on for Miranchuk. Muriel comes on for Zapata. And then shortly after that, Lammers comes on for Ilicic. So now they've got th- they've got they've thrown another forward into the game. Caldada's coming in for, I mean, this, the shape that I, I, I couldn't follow what Atalanta was doing. Um, but, uh, uh, Pasolic, uh, scores off of really Muriel deserved the goal as Matteo Bonetti said, yep. you know, on the broadcast that we got here with that beautiful turn, it hits the post, but it falls nicely to Pasolic to at least make this somewhat of a game. Uh, but I knew, I, I knew he was gonna say goal of the week right there if he had scored that himself, Luis Marial. What a great turn that oh, was! Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. Um, and then uh, in the 82nd minute, after Atalanta trying to press, trying to get back into the game and equalize, uh, Andres Pereira gets through, plays it across, and uh, Virat Medici scores uh, for Lazio to seal it off 3 1. At that point, it was academic, uh, Lazio, um winning by three goals to one crowding the midfield with that three, five, two huge two following it. just like a dog right on. Frank. Thank you, Michael. Um, I drink and I know things. <laughs> so, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> bring back game of Thrones. We That's need right. good TV, except That's I tell right. you what, I tell you what, we're going to have a little TV take Cobra Kai is the shit. I, mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't started watching it yet. Oh, you deprived child. You deprived other child. Stuff, yeah. Get into it. it okay. Listen, it goes, you know what? I won't spoil it all for you, but there's three seasons for you to binge. It goes from cheesy to pretty damn compelling. Okay. So, 
Um, I'm just waiting for uh, Drive to Survive, the F1 uh, Netflix series to come back for season three. I'm ready for that. So okay. Anyway, anyway that's beside the point. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. All right, so three one to Lazio, and then here, I, I here's what I said about Lazio following the game. It's you know they've they've won five in a row. Mm-hmm. All right, but in any of these wins, I mean, this is in league. They felt they lost to Atalanta in the Copa. Okay, yep. um, but in any of these games, did they dominate? I mean, they don't dominate anybody. No. That's no, that's not them. They are, you know, the Parma game, the Roma game, even wasn't really domination, but you know, they had only 39%. Where I'm talking about possession dominance, Lazio, and I've been saying this all season long about them, and it is manifested in this five game winning streak that they're on in league. They are not a team that goes out and dominates you, they're a team that you know, they are opportunistic. They set up to put you in a position to make mistakes. And when they pounce, they've got so much quality going forward. You know, they're not the they're not a a, a grinding Catanaccio style like you see with Balladini's Genoa, you know, but they're an opportunistic team that they're not gonna press you all over the pitch. They're not gonna keep the ball for long periods of time. They're gonna confront you middle of the park thereabouts maybe a little further forward they're going to wait for you to they're going to wait for you to screw up and they're going to jump on you and when they do they're going to carve a they're going to carve a dangerous chance out of it this is what we're getting with Lazio right now yeah and we kind of saw this uh, the makings of this at the beginning of the season right it's like they weren't playing pretty like they had been last year mm-hmm. last year they, they had a lot of success by just pounding teams left and right but then when it came down to crunch time when it time to get time to grind they couldn't do it because they just were, they weren't used to it uh, so we saw from the beginning of the season with them is that they were grinding out results back and forth, and the, the results weren't always there. But it seems like over this last, you know, five to eight games, they've started to turn around. They beat Napoli also before this run started as well. Yeah. So um, what they're finding out is that they, if they play these grinding type games, take advantage of the opportunities they have. Don't make, don't cause these human, humongous uh, giveaways and take uh, and force the opposition to make mistakes. That is a recipe for success, and I think this is in the long term. It's going to be a better strategy than they were last year when they were just trying to be, uh, outscore everybody, you know, by whatever. Um, this year they're a little bit better defensively, um, and they can really, you know, grind out the uh, frustrate the opposition. When we saw that with Ilicic and, and company, they just didn't have any answers. Yeah. Um, so I think this is the, the this is the, a nice thing that's finally come to shape for Lazio, and, yeah. and I think we will see a trajectory, trajectory with them. Let's look at their upcoming games. Um, Cagliari at home, then at Inter, uh, lots, and then Samp at home before uh, the home game against Bayern in the Champions League on February 23rd. That's their next four. Um, curious about the Inter matchup, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, you know, what do you do that? Now, that's what's going to be interesting. What do you do against the team that is also effective when they don't have the ball as much, right? Yeah. Um, and it, the game is going to be at the San Siro, so you got to expect that Inter will probably have a little bit more possession as it is, maybe in the 55% range, and this is one we can talk about here in next week as we get ready for it, but um, this is a, but, but when you see things like what happened today in the Copa, as good as some of these guys have been playing for Inter, there's still a shakiness to them that can be taken advantage of. You know, and there may be they may be next they may be the next team in line that Lazio does this to. Is this going to be right after the uh, the second leg against Inter? 
So that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, the rotation be involved in that, and the rotation could be involved in that. I um, think that second leg is a little later on. Okay. Okay. They get weird with their. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, no, no, no. I take that back. That is said. That second leg is actually. You are right. That is going to be. Okay. That is going to be on the ninth, Tuesday the ninth. So we're going to talk so, about the second leg next Tuesday. Is there you right? go. Okay. Right on. So yeah, that that rotation could come into handy and into play there. Uh, to see because uh, Lazio don't have anything else to play other than the league, right? So right. Um, could get interesting. Could get interesting. Yep. Atalanta, um, one of those moments where just I, – I, I just going to chalk it up to one of those moments where just Gasparini just got it all wrong. Outmanaged. Um, outmanaged. Got outmanaged. Didn't adjust properly. Um, nope. I, but what were you going to do differently with those wingbacks? I mean, they're not of the quality of what you're used to having. Yeah. Uh, you know who else would have who else would have solved this for you? Um, I think are, are are questions that you got to try and answer here when you take a look at Atalanta. I mean, I go down and I look at their team. I mean, the the players just weren't there. Um, you know, the the wingbacks weren't there. Obviously, you couldn't do that, and he just ended up throwing a bunch of people out there trying to figure out how to do it, try to get back into the game. It was just, I think, panic mode, uh, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, sometimes you you punch a heavyweight in the mouth, and uh, if they, you'll, you'll see what they're made of, right? Sometimes they react well and they've come back strong, or they just you know buckle the knees, and then you just take advantage of them. Um, I'm not worried too worried about Atalanta in the long scheme of things. I think they no. are doing well right now in the season. Um, it just got be, they got outmanaged by uh, you know a better manager, better team uh, in this game, and so yeah, uh, you know I'm sure they'll bounce back with a lot of goals in the next game. Um, but uh, it's it's they're going to they're going to they're they're score a lot of goals at Napoli tomorrow. Oh, maybe not tomorrow, but at the, uh, uh, at the, at the Maradona, <laughs> not the cup and not the Copa Italia, but in the next league game, maybe Saturday against uh, Torino at home. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They'll get back on track. <laughs> that'll be their that'll be their get right game. Yeah, they're gonna play Napoli three times in the next five games. Oy. the wow. two legs in the Copa, and then they play them again in league on the twenty first. It's either gonna be high scoring or very very low scoring. <laughs> it's yeah. probably gonna be the low scoring, and you know. Yeah. Knowing Gattuso. Yeah, and Atalanta's fixtures, really. I mean, those three games with Napoli, the home game with Torino, traveling to Cali, and then after all that, Real Madrid um, on February 24th, and then the trip to Sampdoria, hosting Crotone, and then at Inter. I mean, they've got a – they have got a very fun stretch over the next several weeks. We'll see how they cope with it. Make their season here. Make or break. But they didn't lose this game because they didn't have Papu Gomez because they've been winning without him. So for anybody to – you know, make those kinds of excuses. That's just foolish. So, yeah. um, but uh, that's the uh, Atalanta Lazio. That was our big match of match week 20. Richard is going to uh, give us a rundown of what happened with the rest of match week 20. Yeah. So uh, starting off, we got Torino hosting Fiorentina. Uh, this game was a very interesting game, actually, for uh, a game that you probably wouldn't expect uh, to have such uh, an open game. But uh, Fiorentina would score, uh, score early at goal of the week candidate team nice team goal Ribery would finish it off in the 67th minute one nothing the the road road team would take the lead uh but the Bellotti who was uh, a major player in this game I'll just leave it at that there's two red cards in the game uh both caused by Bellotti against Bellotti I should say Castrovilli got a second yellow uh and then uh, Milinkovic uh, with a nice headbutt to the two Bellotti knock him down so two reds eventually uh Bellotti would score a goal in the 88th minute one one that, that's how that game would end uh, moving over to Bologna, hosting Milan. 
Uh, Milan would get uh, two penalties in the first, or two penalties early, first in the 20, 25th minute or so. Uh, Zlatan steps up, misses the penalty. Rebic still gets the rebound. Uh, penalty right call there uh, for sure. One nothing there. Uh, that's how it would go to halftime coming out of the break. Another penalty, another legit penalty. Um, just Milan creating opportunities and again penalties. This is this is what's going to happen. Um, Kessi this time steps up, scores a goal, two nothing at that point. Uh, former Milan man Andrea uh, Andrea Poli, excuse me, uh, would get the goal to make it uh, two to one. He didn't celebrate as you'd expect. Milan went walk away with three points there. Uh, Juventus on the road against Sampdoria, the guy who we were singing praises about earlier. Chiesa, nice, uh, nice team goal by Juventus. Uh, Morata to Chiesa for the first goal. Uh, one nothing goal to be candidate there. Uh, and then, you know, pretty much it was a fairly even game. I mean, Juventus were, were doing, you know, had good control of the game. Uh, they couldn't score uh, until stoppage time where Cuadrado coming on a break um, slides it over to a wide open Ramsey. Ramsey puts it away. Uh, two nothing. Juventus went on the road there. Inter uh, looking big, heavy favorites against Benevento. Uh, goal scoring started early in the seventh minute. Uh, Impropta with an own goal. Uh, give Inter the lead. Inter good enough. They don't need any help from the opposition. Um, that would actually, you know, surprisingly be all the goals in the first half. Latoura Martinez had a million opportunities and it seemed like he was never going to score a goal. Uh, couldn't break his duck. This is before he scored in the Copa Italia game. Uh, but he finally broke that duck in the 57th minute. Felt like his 15th shot of the game. Uh, finally gets a goal in the 57th minute. Um, and then he continued to play well. Uh, you know, Lukaku gets a goal in the 67th and the 78th minute. One of those goals, uh, he reads the goalkeeper very, very well, intercepts the pass, and then Lukaku you know, uh, finishes off there. So uh, Inter went big, dominate that game, 4-0 on, at home. Uh, moving on to a game, another game that was uh, very one-sided, but there weren't as many goals. Spezia hosting Udinese. Uh, this was all Udinese, it seemed like, in this game. Um, but uh, Spezia, they, they they were able to keep the goals out for most of the game until the uh, 50th minute or so. Uh, a penalty would be uh, called, and DePaul, as he would, steps up, scores the goal. Udinese win on the road, 1-0. Uh, we talked about Atalanta Lazio already. Cagliari hosting Sassuolo. This was a very entertaining game. Uh, fairly even, very wide open. Uh, the edge would go to Sassuolo in terms of the attacking play, but it wasn't until the 75th minute that we saw a goal. Uh, Jao Pedro, a nice header, uh, assist from uh, Sotil and um, and Marin. Uh, so nice play there. Uh, one nothing at that point. Looked like we may have had a shock victory for EDF's men, uh, but uh, Sassuolo were persistent. They kept putting the pressure on, and in the 94th minute, goal of the week cannons there. Um, Oday to Boga, backdoor, 94th minute, 1-1. Uh, they get the draw there. Genoa, a team that uh, Frank has been bugged by recently because uh, Destro continues to score. Uh, he picks a brace in this game. Uh, that's eight goals in the last eight matches, something crazy like that. He's been on fire. Uh, Sabora also had a, a goal of the week candidate there in the 29th minute. Um, three nothing Genoa, just impressive road win. Uh, Ballardini, he's just doing it. He's pulling the right, pulling the right strings here for Genoa. Uh, very impressive win. It's Crotone, but they're you know you're, you're getting Destro to score. That's that's impressive. Um, Napoli hosting Parma. Uh, Napoli. Uh, very, very well, very well played in this game. Uh, Elmas, one of the goals of the week candidate, you know, going solo, taking on three men. Uh, wonderful goal in the 32nd minute. Uh, and then the last goal that they would get would be in the 82nd minute. You know, this is all Napoli all the time. Parma just didn't have the answers. Diversa, that's a difficult game for them to him to manage against because uh, Napoli were just by far the superior team. Napoli win 2 nothing. 
And then the uh, the the game that we thought could have been a lot closer than it was, and maybe the game that Hellas could have pulled out, was not the case. Roma in their midfield uh, really came to play, especially in that first half. Uh, they get a goal first off a set piece, uh, Mancini a header off the corner in the 20th minute. Two minutes later, Borja Mayoral sets up Mkhitaryan for his uh, what ninth goal of the season. Two nothing just two minutes after that, and then just five, seven minutes later, Mayoral would get his goal. He has a goal and assist in this game. 3-0 at halftime. Uh, Hellas would get one back in the 62nd minute through Coley, but uh, Roma was just too much of that midfield uh, for Hellas to, to, to do anything about. So, yeah, uh, impressive 3-1 victory for Roma. Where do you want to be with all those games? Wow. Um, I mean, we'll come back to Roma and talk about them a little bit more um, because uh, – um, Interestingly enough, I mean, Verona had, I mean, the possession, I mean, this Roma, Inter, and Lazio are winning with counterattacking football. Um, and they're all so well suited at it. Um, yeah. You know, Verona had a little bit more possession. Roma was the far more dangerous team in this game and made use of it. This combination of Mikatarian and Borja Mayoral is looking very promising right now. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. We said, okay, I think Jekko's done. This was after the Derby della Capitale. He said, look, it's time to turn this Mayoral kid loose. Yeah. You know, I think that Jekko has done as much as he possibly can for Roma. And I mean, when they floated the idea of a swap between Jekko and Alexis Sanchez, I was like, I, if I was Roma, I don't know why. And what I heard was Inter had a little bit more to do uh, in order to make this deal. And I would like to know who at Roma said that Inter had a little more work to do to make this swap deal happen. Because if I'm Roma and Inter's approaching me about swapping and giving us Alexis Sanchez and we give them Aiden Dzeko, I, I can't make I can't sign off on that deal fast enough. I really can't. Just on the surface, when you look at how these guys play, I mean, Alexis Sanchez was decent in this Copa game today, yep. and uh, Ed and Jekyll can't help me anymore. And now you take him, and you're going to send him to an Inter. Where's he? Where, where and when is he going to play for Inter with Lotaro and Lukaku? Okay, and now you get an Alexis Sanchez who can have a tremendous influence. You put him and Mkhitaryan behind Mayoral right now, and you put Pellegrini in the middle of that, forget it. Yeah, I mean, that 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 that, that could have been lights out for Roma. I mean, let's let's remember this. Alexis Sanchez is still a strong player. Yeah. You know, and even if you wanted to use him, I would Alexis Sanchez is better than Pedro. Okay. Yeah. This season for sure. He's better than El Sharawi, and I'm only saying that because I haven't seen El Sharawi in God knows how long. All right. Because yeah. I don't I don't wait, I don't stay up in and godly hours to watch the professional league in China. <laughs> I'm sure you don't either, do you? No. No, we got shit to do. We can't be watching every game. Um, so, yeah, I got to sleep too at some point. So, how does how does Roma not just rush to get that thing done? And I was reading and saying Inter has some tweaking to do to make this deal happen. What? Yeah. But anyway, Myrl is the guy going forward. Fonseca has to realize that. I think Fonseca listened to us, and that's what we've been seeing lately. So, you know. Yeah. You, you, we have the we have the, we have the takes, Richard. We have the that, takes. that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's for sure. Mayoral certainly brings the the pace and the liveliness that Jekyll can't bring. Uh, we mm -hmm. saw that, and he was just all over the place. And uh, that that the play, he really set up the whole play that Mkhitaryan scored because he you know he hustled to get the ball, 
he kept the ball and then found and found the open man. So, um, you know, good for him to finally get the goal there. You know, Roman just made Hellas look average overall. I think it's a lot of it has to do with that Roman midfield. They were just dominant, especially that first half. Um, second half is just more about, you know, keep controlling the game at that point. Uh, but Mayoral, I think, is just uh, an ex- excellent addition. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get to see a lot more and more of him and the transition can finally happen, you know, for him taking the – Taking the uh, the pedestal away from uh, from Edin Dzeko. I think Edin Dzeko probably could get some if he's still there. He's going to still uh, contribute some goals here and there at the end. But I think Mayoral is the guy, the way to go. Benevento, the only time they touched the ball against Inter was on throw-ins, goal kicks, or if they were digging the ball out of their own net. Zero shots. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Zero shots and thirty nine percent possession. Fourteen. They committed fourteen fouls. So <laughs> yeah. I mean that's. People in Zaghi treated it like a derby, or at least he said, told us, "Let's go, let's enter, go foul the shit out of him." Because yeah. I, you know, I played for Milan, and that's what you got to do. But they didn't play football, and uh, they got roasted for it. I, did you see that fourth goal for the Lukaku's second goal was so pathetic. In yeah. yeah, how the marking was so loose, and then yeah. the, even the third goal in that was just, just trying Terrible to play out. Of, it, yeah. Ugh. I don't know what the heck happened. I mean, let's see how Benevento responds there. Um, Juventus is a classy win against the Sampdoria team that had been playing a lot better. They have got better players. I mean, I got you know what the Ligurian teams, at least Sampdoria and Genoa, um, have been proving us wrong, which is great. Yes, um, we happy about this. So happy about that. We did not think highly of them at the beginning of the season. We were very worried about them. You know, Ranieri has organized his team. He's gotten the parts for the way he wants to do things. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have Ballardini, Ballardini now back at Genoa, who, you know, they, he's got those guys believing in the way he wants them to play. Oh, yeah. Um, he's manager of the season alone on getting Destro to score eight goals in eight games. Ridiculous. It's just. That's absurd. It's so absurd that now people are mentioning his name, Destro, for the Azzurri. I mean, that's how, that's how absurd it's gotten. All right, pump the brakes. I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm not saying I'm one of them. Pump the brakes. We got some friends of the show who are certainly uh, – I will not – listen. <laughs> I will not allow Who's a next, take. Edder? Who's next, Edder? I will, now, I will not allow a take that talks up Mattia Destro for the Azzurri on this program ever. <laughs> I'm walking if that happens. All yeah, right. I, I I don't want to. Then you got to get Jerry as your co-host. Good luck in. in- <laughs> We've been talking about Lazio all the time now. <laughs> yeah, and ketchup chips and Nutella, uh, and Nutella on ketchup chips. He probably does that too. I like I like Jerry. He's a good guy. You know, just, <laughs> it's, it's just easy to break his balls. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, where were we? Where were we? Benevento doing anything but playing football on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I don't know what they're, I mean, you know, good for Lukaku getting a brace and then, uh, Arturo breaking his duck, but I mean, it was just a one man, what one man, one team show, uh, inter against, uh, Benevento just, I mean, no, no shots against, I mean, they look like they're the worst team in the league at that point, but I mean, we know they're not, but, uh, man did not look good. I'm sure people just tore them and you want to attend that game. Yep. Udinese, uh, Spezia dominated this game, and then Udinese shithouse it and get a penalty. Um, and uh, Udinese is a winner in this Mercato because DePaul didn't leave yet, and he'll be there to help 
surprising. Yep, and he'll be there to help them see out the the season. He's gone in the summer. He's going to be moving on. I, he's got to be. Um, and uh, and then he got a red card in the game too, which was it was a soft second yellow I thought by him, but yeah. it was uh, I couldn't believe that he got a red. And then um, <laughs> former Milan player uh, Saponara got a red also. Uh, the, yeah. the, his second foul was a certain stupid penalty or stupid foul, I should say. But yeah, two reds in the game. He's got a few reds this weekend. Did you see that Udinese did make their uh, uh, De Lufeo deal permanent, by the way? Oh, okay, good, good. So, like, uh, so son sold uh, De Lufeo to his dad, or is it the other way around? Who owns what over at Watford between Watford and Udinese? And I watched Watford play. Yeah, I watched Watford play the other day for investment purposes, and Trost Kong is playing for Watford, which he was playing for. There's just so much. It's like incestuous between Watford and Uzi, yeah, Udinese yeah. right now yeah. with the puzzle family. It's just yeah. it's hard to keep track of. You yeah. watch a Watford player next week; he's going to go to Udinese and, and vice versa. And to so, Dulafeo's credit, he he won who uh, who drew the penalty uh, that De Paul scored. So uh, he's he, I think he's he's a good player for them. I think uh, for Udinese. So good. I'm glad the move made made permanent. So sure. So uh, you know. All right, this is good. Destro, the sun shines on a dog's ass even every once in a while. Good for he's having his moment. Um, I mean, at some point, I mean, there's too much history to suggest that this is gonna that that this is this gonna is the be the best going. form of his life. Yeah. Well, the, the the commentator even said it. He's in the form of his life. It's never gonna get any better after this. No. So. No. You know, and then if he wants to talk about contract negotiations or making more money, if I'm like Preziosi, I'll, say, I'll go back and play tapes. I'll no, I'll go back and I'll play tapes of his time at Roma and Milan. <laughs> and say, so, oh, look, okay. I'm not going to pay you when at any time you're going to go right back to that. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I'm still marveling at what Ballardini's done since he's been there. Uh, you know, taking him completely out of relegation talk and uh, moving on up the table and getting desperate to score. I mean, geez. It didn't terribly surprise me when he took over. I mean, because he did it before. Yeah. Only because he did it before. Yeah. Um, and he's got a system that is simplified and the players can buy into it and just, you know, but the the, the one drawback is is that it doesn't last long because he didn't last long at Genoa. He, you know, got him through. The next season they struggled and he was sacked and then he was sacked for a different style and and they buy into that. So um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good for them. And yeah, six points, uh, clear of safety. Um, it's, uh, you know, looking at the rest of this right now, it's, it's going to be interesting because I don't, Spezia is going to be due for a different, they, they play attractive football. Yeah. Um, they've got some players that are fun to watch. You know, but I, they're by no means safe in 16th. I think Bologna it, it will do enough to correct themselves here and get themselves out of trouble. They're sitting 15th right now, but I think that they could they could certainly work their way back up. But there's real questions here for Parma, Cagliari, and Torino because Cagliari could have used those three points and to let Boga get that late goal. That's not not good when you're when you're right now in a situation where you're trying to fight the drop. Um. And uh, in Parma, it's supposed to get better with Diversa now. It's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's Napoli, first of all. Um, and then, you know, what was it? Some, at home against Sampdoria, you got to figure out how to get something. Now, they did get a point uh, at Sassuolo. Okay. And, but it's the opening stretch for Diversa has been a challenge. It, you had to open up with Lazio, 
and then Sassuolo, and then the cup against Lazio, and then at home against Sampdoria, that's probably three points he should have figured out how to get. Yeah. Um, and then going to Napoli. Now they get Bologna at home. Uh, then they go to Verona, and then they host Udinese, and then they host Spezia. I mean, that's 12 points in play. They got to figure out how to get seven. Okay, maybe six. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, there could be real, real trouble here for Parma. Yeah, I mean, I don't like where it's going. This is not a team, you know. If you look at the at the players on the on their on their roster that should be in this in this position, but you know, you want to put all your eggs in with Liverani, and this is what you get, right? Um, the team that we saw last year is is, is gone. It seems like I mean, everyone's lost their confidence. Uh, it's been really poor to watch uh, Parma, and even even like when they get their opportunities, like Cornelius, uh, he, had, he had an opportunity. And you know he he'll, his shots go far and wide now. I mean, there's there's no confidence whatsoever on that pitch for Parma, uh, and it, it's it's going to be a lot of work for Diverza if he can he can find a way to pull them out. I mean, you know, give him a freaking man of the year award, but uh, I don't know if I can. I'll see it coming. It's it's a shame because Parma is a team you want to see and stay in Serie A. They've done so much to try to get back to Serie A after after what happened dropping down to Serie D. Um, you'd hate to see them get dropped now. Um, they need to find a way anyway. I mean, they're missing fans for sure, but. Uh, yeah, if anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be the better stuff. So we'll see. And the the pieces are there. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, they have the they have the roster that all of these teams around them have. Um, it's just confidence with them is lack thereof. Is that's what's killing them? That's just it. Um, Coyote is another one that it's very surprising to me that it's gone so poorly for them. Um, that it's gone this poorly. Yeah. Um, you know, Giovanni Simeone is just so desperate for form right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when you look at that and Shaw Pedro is going to keep him afloat, try to keep him afloat. Nine Galan's going to come in there and certainly try to, uh, Cranio's great. Go- as a good, good goalkeeper. So Teal's pretty good. Marine's pretty good. I really like Marine. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that. I like him. He's a great chance creator. He's the kind of guy that would have been a good fit at Atalanta. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. You know, that if it if Cagliari somehow gets relegated, don't be surprised if that's one of the first places Gasparini looks. Now, Marin situated in a little bit different position than the likes of the attacking midfielders that Atalanta have now, but I can I can see a scenario where that could work. But I, I, I'm I'm high on Marin, and, I and, you know, hopefully that it can work out. And your, your point, Cranio, you know, if he had, we've had George here say he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sometimes as a goalkeeper but you know we only see it's for whatever reason we just see good performances from him um you know so uh but again another team that's too talented but when you if if calorie and parma come out of this who are you going to drop um jenna was playing better you know udinese's playing better do benevento have this epic collapse you know um from where they're lacking maybe (laughs) sitting in 12th right now um Fiorentina's finding ways to get points. I think that that Napoli loss was the low point for them, and now they're they're trying to get it together. Prandelli's trying to get it together there, and um, you know it's uh, it's going to be interesting because I think that anybody here in the bottom half of the table is is not safe. Um, it's you know 18th is 15 points, 11th is 22. Yeah. Um, we could end up seeing a handful of teams here trying to fight for survival and, and, and it's going to, and we're going to probably see one to two teams involved that we would not have expected. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, Udinese and Bologna, you know, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, those would probably be the first places I look, I mean, 
And one of the guys, and I think that that's another reason, maybe keep an eye on Rodrigo DePaul for those reasons. We could possibly be watching a player that if he knows he's out after this season, how much motivation? I mean, but I think that he, he seems to take a lot of pride in playing for yeah. the free, for the Zabretta, but um, it's one that could go, that's one that could go pear-shaped with what's around him too. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I, Parma, I could see remaining there. Yeah. Despite the Aversa's best efforts, I can't see this Cali team remaining. And then yeah. you got to ask the question after that, who, who drops? I probably would. Spezia might be the most likely candidate. Yeah. Torino might be too talented for this. So we'll see. This is going to be very fascinating over the next 18 match days, how the bottom unfolds just as much as the top four. I mean, you have an open campionato across the board here, Richard. Everything's up for grabs. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, and I think that 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 is what you want at this stage of the season. You know, and we might see, you know, we might get to 10 weeks from now and things will be a lot more sorted. Um, but then again, things might be just as chaotic as they are now. So, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably going to bet on the latter, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Goals of the week. Goals of the week. Uh, all right, my top five. It's probably different from yours, but uh, who knows? Uh, number five for me, uh, Mikatarian's goal, the assist by Mayoral. Uh, lovely strike, completely faked the goalkeeper out on his shot there. Uh, number four for me, Chiesa's team goal. There's a nice play by Juventus overall, and then uh, the assist uh, Morata to Chiesa back door. A nice goal there. Number three for me is actually Marosic. Um, it's a, it a great goal. Uh, but there's a couple other goals I like more. Uh, great strike two minutes into the game. Uh, way to set the tone of the match there for Lazio to win that match. Number two for me, um, I love team goals, and I'm going to go to Fiorentina. I thought their team goal was really nice, especially Bonaventura and Ribari working with each other, giving go you know, for you know, several passes uh, led to the goal by, by Ribari to dance around the keeper. Uh, number one for me is actually going to be uh, at the Napoli game, Elmas, uh, just a solo effort, beating three players and get that lovely strike. Uh, very well done against uh, a good defensive team. Well, a de- decent defensive team, I guess you should say. Uh, but it's a great goal. Great goal nonetheless. So that's my top five. Um, okay. Uh, number five, I have Belotti's equalizer against uh, Fiorentina. I, you know, the 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 finish from him first, and you know, but the, the ball that came in, uh, pinpoint, uh, you know, there. So that was number five for me. The Ribery team goal was number four. I had Elmas at number three because when I see those solo efforts, I'm a stickler and defenders did get touches on the ball. They're just enough to keep it out of the goal of the week. Uh, the the Chibota volley for Genoa yeah. comes in at number two. And I just, the Marosic goal is the goal of the week for me. It set the tone for a really big game and uh, and got Lazio off and running, uh, you know, to a, uh, uh, to a win here. So, um, so those were, uh, those were, my, that was my top five for the week. And it was only five and only five. There wasn't after that, there wasn't anything I was totally enamored with. So, yeah, yeah. Better than last week, though, but still, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Agree. Last week was so hard to pick. Yeah. Like what, two or three, I think, last week. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're getting. We're getting a lot of tappins. We're getting a lot of, uh, Ronaldo specialties. Oops. Did I say that? <laughs> so, <laughs> and penalties while we're at it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, all right. Um, Shall we move on to what everybody really came here for? Sure, yeah, why not? All right, uh, the hashtag game that is uh, sweeping the world uh, many times over. Uh, it is now time for Who Won Calcio Twitter. We need intro music for this. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah we need something. True. We'll have to figure it out, figure something out. Yeah, Something comical, though. Don't like have like... Any help? Like, 
Yeah, Benny Hill or just don't play anything intense. This isn't an intense thing. This is where we can all this <laughs> no is where we, music or epic. Yeah, music. yeah. This is where we can all laugh at ourselves. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we kick it off with at uh, at Seria memes. Yeah. Um, with the <laughs> this was the aftermath of the uh, Coppa Italia with the uh, the Derby della Madonnina. Uh, uh, Lukaku is the donkey from Shrek, and then Ibra is Shrek. <laughs> So. Of course, he's going to be donkey after what Ibra said. So, yep, <laughs> very nice. We're going to skip that one. Now we're going to go to this one. Uh, Milan Weekly Podcast uh, pointed us in the right direction here. Uh, this is from underscore b i t w underscore n underscore ten, uh, and it's uh, WrestleMania and it's Zlatan against uh, Big Mark Lukaku. Uh, Funny, funny. It's uh, Big Mark Henry and the Undertaker here. So, uh, yeah, nice Photoshop job there. <laughs> but, yeah, those two guys look like they're going to go for a big battle there. So, uh, yeah, big one there. Uh, right on. All right. Uh, Rafa has a thread here. Uh, let's see here. So, okay. Um, <laughs> at HuveFC.com had thoughts on Fajoli. Rafa nominated himself. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Fagioli? They're good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you fart. Fagioli is obviously uh, Italian for beans. So, uh, <laughs> um, I so uh, nice. yeah, just having a little fun with the uh, Juve crowd. There was Rafa. So, uh, next one was uh, from at Simo thirty three XX, and he says, uh, "Heard Inter's new logo was leaked, and it's a donkey." <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, we're gonna. I know. Oh, what the heck! I need to. All uh, right, I lost. I lost my place. Hold on here. Couch, you guys. Okay, yeah. Bear with me. I gotta get in. I gotta get back into my. Uh, it was the cal- the Calcio guys was the next one. Yep. All right. Um, yep. Yeah, there it is. Pasta Fagioli cooking in the midfield. Nicola Fagioli. <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that. Like that's not a plate of beans, though, is it? Pasta. Pasta. Oh, okay. Pasta Fagioli. Yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, this is not necessarily a who on couch of Twitter, but it's a nice uh, compliment here. Uh, Abdul Rahman says, uh, you guys should consider, or we should consider changing our name to this pod from Serie A Seton to Serie A Stand Up because of who on couch of Twitter. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm just going to respond to this. I'm retweeting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you do that, I'll do the next one. The next one comes from at FCIM Thomas, uh, at FC Inter Thomas. Uh, he says, if Larturo shot at Tupac, he'd still be alive. <laughs> yeah, Larturo finally got his goal, but it took him many, many shots to finally get that goal in there. So, Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's... That's second. But I just I just told our friend there that uh, that I'm I'm too fat to stand up for the whole podcast. So, <laughs> so that's why we are sitting down. It's a city I sit down. So uh, okay. Uh let's see. At Caserta Campania, past winner. Uh replying to at Nerazzurri for who won Calcio Twitter. Let's see here. Lukaku after getting Zlatan, Zlatan <laughs> suspended for 10 games. It's Serrano from Major League smoking a cigar so in there. Cigar. <laughs> Okay, so at underscore Neretsuri, uh, yep. getting in there, and then at Caserta Campania nominating it, but uh, the uh, marbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> the original Major League was uh, filmed here in Milwaukee. Oh, was it? I actually was at the old Milwaukee County Stadium. I actually 
uh, was 14 years old and went to the filming with my mom and my brother one night. So oh, wow. we had to sit there and, and cheer for Charlie Sheen throwing a pretend pitch, uh, striking out uh, Clue uh, Hayward, who was played by uh, Pete Vukovic, who was a Milwaukee, former Milwaukee Brewer. Okay. Uh, the, the, the fat first baseman for the Yankees. From Look, we're learning something on this podcast. Look at that. There, there you go. Fun and educational there. Yeah, we're, we're, I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, you, you know, uh, Art Morelli. Uh, he says I've been. Pl- I played FIFA 21 career mode for a little over a week, and I have been fired by Napoli after one season and fired by Bologna after five matches in my second season. I am the Marco Giampaolo of FIFA. This one was from uh, at Marco underscore D. No wonder Lazio are in seventh. Milan's taking all their penalties this year. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, that's good. All right, uh, now we got the Alex Dono one. Yes, yes. Uh, next one is Alex Dono. He says, last time Arturo hit a target, it's been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> From the Titanic. Uh, Martino Puccio is nominating me because I once again had to remind that remind Jerry that he was out of Tim Hortons. <laughs> screaming about... I didn't see that one. Yeah, that's funny. Screaming about Joaquin Correa scoring. <laughs> so... Uh, employees of the city I sit down cannot win uh, Calcio Twitter, but we're happy to be nominated. So that's right. We appreciate that. Uh, someone uh, nominated uh, David Amoyal says, "When Luis Alberto is Luis Alberto, he's illicit." <laughs> right, I don't like that. Not bad. Oh, that's I don't. Yeah, okay. I I think I know why I don't have those. So, um, all right. So I have got uh, here at Lupo di Roma, Jeco. Just smile and get out of here as quickly as you can. Reynolds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> How are the Roma guys always funny? You know? Yeah, some of our funniest entries are coming from Roma or they involve Roma. Yeah. yeah pretty I good. Know. Yeah. Uh, this one's coming from Inter. Uh, more self-deprecation. Uh, so Semper Inter said, uh, Alexander Kolarov likely to start for Inter against Juve. And Nima tweets out, somebody kill me, please. <laughs> From the wedding oh. singer. <laughs> Ouch, my ears. Sent <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. <laughs> Saturnian 96. Uh, this was nominated for Lazio fans knowing they can bring Mussolini banners into the stadium without problems in a few years. <laughs> Uh, Mussolini's great grandson now plays for Lazio's youth team. So that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, uh, that's the uh, the the Arsenal guy. I can't remember the, the guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't remember what his actual name is, but that's funny. Um, uh, got, next one comes. One yeah, one more. It comes from. Uh, so it's shown a replay. So at Sheva Kinky uh, showed that you, a video of. Uh, was it Bastoni elite player? And this is where you know Ronaldo steals the ball from him and he scores a goal. And so the actual nominated tweet was uh, from at R A D H I T T R T A R E G A, and it says uh, the agent made no mistake when he said this guy is on similar level with Maldini. He actually meant Christian Maldini. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> I actually think just saying Bastoni elite player. Yeah, on that video. Yeah, yeah. I gotta retweet this. That's actually that's also nominee right there. I would think too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. He really is. <laughs> I don't know who's the winner. I don't know who's the winner. Oh man, we got to pick a winner out of these, don't we? Apparently. It's close this week. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, gosh. Jeez. Uh, Let's see here. What was the Marco D one? No, that one wasn't. Uh, what was Morelli's again? Um, oh, he says, uh, I played FIFA 21 career mode for a little over a week, and I've been fired by Napoli after one season, fired by Bologna after five matches, and in my second season, I am the Marco Giampaolo of FIFA. Ah, okay. <laughs> Self-deprecation. Yes. Let's go with... Yeah, I got to go with uh, FCIM Thomas. <laughs> I did. I got to go with Latara shot at Tupac. He'd still be alive. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, uh, I can't find it for whatever reason, but uh, yeah, not, that's a funny one. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Roma guy, uh, Lupa yeah, di Roma. Uh, Jacko, just smile, get out of here as quickly as you can, Reynolds, bro. <laughs> All right, let me just make a note here to congrats to at FCIM Thomas. Someone, uh, so David made a, a comment that we went, we didn't get to uh, earlier in the, in the recap, and he says, You guys think the number nine curse will affect Manzukic? I don't, I do not. I think Manzukic is an utter professional and uh, he'll find ways to score. He's just, he works too hard to have that affect him. He scores uh, in big games, and yeah. let's hope he yeah. has that touch still. Yeah. So, yeah. and who is your winner? You went with the uh, the Roma fella, Lupa di Roma. Yep. Lupa di Roma. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where is that? There we are. Um, yep. Uh, so I'll enter that in there. So yeah, I, he scores in, like I said, he scores in big games. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's got pedigree, he's got experience. He's, he, you know, so let's see, you know, let's see. Yeah. And if after six months, he, the nine is still cursed, we can throw him back to wherever we found him. So throw him back to the wolves. Yep. Uh, when who won Calcio Twitter? Well, why you do that? Uh, yeah, sit down. Anything gonna, else? Gonna, what's that? Are you going to do the shameless plugs now? I am. I'm going to do. I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Uh, plug in our Sidia Sit Down YouTube page. Uh, we uh, just put out a couple of videos. One for the the history of Parma. A little brief brief video there, and then also uh, we taken who won Calcio Twitter on the road to YouTube. Uh, to uh, couch a Twitter of the week uh, where we take a game and take all the best tweets from that game. So that game, we actually uh, took the Derby d'Italia, or uh, excuse me, Derby di Milano, uh, the Coppa Italia matchup between Milan and Inter uh, and look at all the best tweets of that. There was a lot of tweets in that game. Uh, so definitely check out that video to see uh, some more funny tweets uh, from there. So yeah, definitely check that out. That's going to be a blast when the Champions League games come up because you know that fan bases are going to dog the teams that are up and, Yep. And have so much fun with it. So yeah, yep. that's coming at a good time. We're gonna yep. we're gonna have a good time breaking those out. So um, with that, we're gonna put a bow on this edition of City. I sit down. Beyond that, anything else you want to plug, Richard? Um, no, no. Just uh, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n uh, anywhere on social media. I'm at ftc underscore twenty one on Twitter. Um, I occasionally I want to give a, a, another plug to Alex Dono and the man of the match, uh, radio show on onside radio, um, made an appearance again this past Friday discussing, uh, you know, the, uh, things going around going on in city up, talked a little of the incident involving Inter and Milan in the Coppa Italia, talked about the Papa Gomez situation and, uh, the, uh, 
race uh, for the Scudetto, um, among other things. So, uh, but do uh, do give Alex a listen, uh, especially if you're in South Florida and listening to this. That's a uh, that's a great radio program to get. Uh, up to speed on your South Florida sports. So, uh, so yeah, sit down. We have our own uh, channel on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there is Sedia Sit Down. You can find us at Sedia Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, please, uh, any comments, questions, uh, anything you don't like about the podcast, we will take that too. Um, but, uh, anything that can help us be better, if you've got any ideas, we're all ears, we're, uh, and eyes. And, in case of reading tweets and whatnot uh we're also on facebook as well um and uh so uh so check us out on all the social media platforms if you're watching this uh for the first time please hit that subscribe button so you can be notified on future releases of videos uh and uh please drop a like on this video as well those of you in the chat uh uh, david michael thank you for coming i think everybody else uh had internet problems today richard Makes sense to me. Makes sense yeah. to me. This is our average turnout, though, for chat, though, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, but uh, you know, want to thank you all for listening. And uh, with that, we will uh, catch up with you guys again next week. For Richard, I'm Frank. Make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.